Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And the Holy Spirit has come, finally, again. <laughs> well, technically it has not come, because we are reading this a week before uh, the Holy Spirit gets here. Right. But also 2,000 years after, at the same time. Correct. But in our narrative, not yet. <laughs> but also the Spirit of God moved over the face of the deep in the very beginning. So there was also never a time that the Spirit wasn't there. Yes. Wow. Yes. Pretty I know. confusing stuff. It's like stuff. it's a wrinkle in time. <laughs> it's almost like time isn't real. <laughs> Listen to another podcast about that. We should have a podcast just about how time isn't real. Um, just wait for that one. Anyway, uh, speaking of time, we are coming to you uh, the week leading up to Sunday, May 23rd, which, like we just said, is Pentecost, our annual uh, celebration and liturgical feast day of the story of Pentecost in Acts when the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples uh, with tongues of fire and speaking different languages and all this really cool stuff. Uh, we're not going to read that story today, uh, though that is the story that you'll, that is one of the readings for this Sunday. We're going to, we're going to read the gospel for this Sunday, which is gospel. John uh, from John chapter 15, uh, where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit uh, coming preemptively. Um, so we will hear that gospel. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I'm going to share a place where I saw God this past week, which is something that we uh, always like to do. And I would say that uh, the place that I felt God's movement this past week was actually at a wedding. Our friends got married. And it, I mean, the wedding itself was great. Uh, it was really nice. It was outside. It was cool. And um, but the place I felt God's movement was actually at the reception uh, at dinner. And I am not a person that like thrives on a social situation where there's like 50 people that I've never met before. Um, but uh, I'm more of an introvert. Uh, and so uh, what we what happened was that we were seated. My wife and I were at a table um with actually the groom's sister and her fiance and we just had this great like connection with them and talked to them like the whole night and it was just so fun and like the way i felt god's movement in that is was like this this connection with these people with people that like you know outside of that context i, I may have never met you know but that like uh we just had this great connection and so um it's always it, like God, I just feel God so like present in like relational times like that, like in community building and friendship building, especially for me where it's like as an introverted person, it takes a lot of like energy to like create a new relationship. But when I like get energy back from that experience, I know that God is moving in that. And so that was really, really cool. I don't yeah. Know. Almost all of the times, not all, but almost all of the times that I feel God's presence, it is in relationship with other people. And every time I carry that away with me, it always reminds me of like, love God, love each other. Mm. And that is that, that those moments when we're loving each other, that God is present in them. 
Yeah. And so I just love that. I mean, it's a push, certainly, especially right now, even if you're not an introvert, social gatherings are a big push, I think, for a lot of us yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like we're supposed to have them. Even the ones that have been authorized, it feels like we've been told for so long that we cannot gather, that mm. gathering at all is a bad idea. Right. Um, and just naming that complication, that emotional complication for all of us. So when you safely choose to do these things that we're now allowed to do, you really have to encourage yourself to get out there and do them. Yeah. And so then the gift of community mm-hmm. is a very real presence of God because the disconnect we've all been feeling is real. Yeah. And being able to live into that relationship again is certainly a God sighting. Yeah, and one of the big one of the big takeaways for me from the story of Pentecost from just the way that the Holy Spirit moves in this feast day is that the Holy Spirit is the manifester of relationships. You know, that the Holy Spirit is that thing that connects us, that equips us to communicate uh with one another, you know? And so that is yeah, like that it makes that that's how relationships are built, you know, through through the Holy Spirit, through the the movement of God between us. Um, and that I think will get us to our gospel discussion. But before we jump into that, I want we always want to let you know that you can contact us with any of your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, or where you saw or felt God moving moving in your life this past week. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And we are going to talk about the gospel now uh, for this upcoming Sunday, May 23rd, the Feast of Pentecost. The gospel for this Sunday is John 15, 26 to 27, and then 16, 4b to 15. And everyone's job this week is to figure out what got cut out of the in between of those two readings, but that's what we're going to discuss. Charlotte will Charlotte will read it, and then we'll uh, each have a point, and then share a point at the end. You you just assigned homework to the listeners. I'm just naming that. Everyone is responsible for that homework, and you get 200 points if you email us with the reading that got cut out of the middle there. And you become the all star of all all stars. Whoa. Yes. I just, you know, I wanted to create a real competition. Those are high stakes. Sure some of those people might like to win. Yeah. Yes. Those are high mm-hmm. stakes. All right. Everybody all get on it. All star of all all stars on the line here, friends. Uh-huh. Jesus said to his disciples, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All right. Uh, so we have uh, Jesus here, again, in the same part of John's gospel that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, the, the farewell discourse to his disciples, talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and... Um, and so, and then we see the fruition of that promise, you know, in Acts, which again is, which was not, is not from the same uh, writer of the gospel of John, but is from the gospel of Luke. But we have this common tradition of the Holy Spirit being part of the ongoing ministry of Jesus, the ongoing mission of God in the world. And so Jesus is describing some of the aspects of what the Holy Spirit will bring for this community. Uh, and again, like we've been saying, you know, Jesus is getting them, getting the disciples ready for what will happen beyond his kind of embodied time with them as their leader. So, uh, that's the context. We're in chapters 15 and 16 and, uh, Jesus is having his, these are some of his final words with his disciples. Um, and I have the first point, what I want to specifically talk about is this these words about um it's interesting to me that jesus says like uh it is i tell it is your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the advocate will not come to you um that's so it's like such an interesting thing it's not like well don't worry just because i it's, it would be better if i stayed with you but but in my absence don't worry the holy spirit will come that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying like, it's a good, it's benefit. It's important that I go. <laughs> like it's important that I leave. It's actually more advantageous to you if I go because then the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit is like, is not just a backup plan, but is, is an, an important and integral part of the mission of God and my, and our ministry together. And the image that just kept coming to mind when you were reading it was Obi-Wan Kenobi in uh, episode four of Star Wars when he talk, when he's facing off with Darth Vader and he says something to Darth Vader like, if you strike me down now, I'll become like more powerful than you can ever imagine yeah. or whatever, you know, and then ends up like being able to help Luke in kind of manifold ways that are like that are more than what he could have what he could do, you know, when he was alive. I don't think that's the scenario that Jesus is setting up, but that's just like the thing that kept going to mind. And, but what I think Jesus is, is getting at is the fact that like, that what is important, what he's communicating to them is that the, the important thing is for them to like, like he was saying before and to calling them friends, you know, inviting them into a recognition of their kind of mutual power holding and authority holding in this mission of God is to be like what the Holy Spirit is going to do is equip you and distribute the power of this mission and ministry equally to all of you. So it's not that you're here following me on my mission, but you are taking up the mission yourself. You're holding it yourself. It's becoming part of who you are. And the mission will reflect the people who are leading the mission, you know? And so it's like the Holy Spirit is is the thing that equips us with the tools to do the work of God in the world. In the Acts reading, that is that manifests itself in the ability to speak different languages so that p 
people can communicate communicate across lines of difference. But what Jesus is saying here is like, there's actually a limit to how much I can do. There's a limit to how much can be done when it's just me being the leader and you being the followers of this mission. The mm-hmm. next step, the thing that has to happen for the mission for the minist- the mission of God to unfold and unfold and unfold and grow in the world for this kingdom of heaven to come about is for you to own it, you know, for you to recognize your power and authority in doing that. And he's talking to all of us here. Not that mm-hmm. not that like it's and again, it's the same kind of power that he uh, embodied in his life, which was a which was a power with you know, which was not a power over or against, but with others that it was shared and the authority was shared and inviting people into a mutual kind of power holding. And so mm-hmm. what Jesus is saying here is like the, the thing that has to happen next is for you to take on the leadership in this ministry and that you are all co-leaders and co-creators in building this kingdom of heaven. And you are equipped to do that because the Holy Spirit is moving in you and between you and among you. You know, you can do amazing things you can't even imagine yet. And that can only happen if you recognize that it's not just about me. It's not about following me. It's about taking what I've taught you and recognizing that you have what you need to do this ministry in the world and you can you can do it and it will only happen when you own it yeah well and david part of me wants to reflect on that but really it is the perfect transition to what i want to talk about because in jesus naming like the the next thing is for us to take ownership and to to march forward right and that is a lot of what the holy spirit does with us is it fills us I always think of it as movement. Mm-hmm. It's the the piece that encourages me to move and do work and, and to be a creator. It feels like movement to me, which might be part of why we get images of wind and fire and all of those things too. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, as you were saying, like there's this call to us to do the work. But then right after that, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Mm-hmm. And Jesus recognizes in that moment that his, these disciples, his friends, have absorbed all that they can and that it is time for them to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much because it is the recognition of the humanness of those relationships, of those people that are traveling with Jesus who have watched him teach and heal and flip tables and be crucified mm-hmm. and rise again and all of these things that have happened humans experienced them right right. like jesus did but jesus is god fully human fully god these people that are walking at his side are fully human and if i think about being in that position and traveling with jesus and experiencing all of those things i would be overwhelmed too um that is a lot to absorb and as Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He doesn't say you don't have to bear them ever. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say you never have to go and do the work or you never have to learn anything else or grow anything else. He says now, which in it I hear 
it's time to rest or to take a deep breath at least to process sometimes you have to slow down in order to process everything that has happened and i'm sure that the disciples had some really serious serious processing to mm-hmm. do um, mm-hmm. as they have been on this journey with jesus i would need some time to process mm-hmm. and so in that i love that it feels a little bit like permission to me or even one step further instruction that I don't constantly have to be doing the next thing, even when I have already reached my physical capacity, my mental capacity. I often feel that because I feel called so clearly that I have to keep going even when I'm exhausted and overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. that I have to do the next thing even when I feel like I cannot possibly do one more thing. And in Jesus saying this to the disciples, that I, that they still have many things to learn. He still has many things to say to them, but they cannot bear it now. That there may be moments where I can't bear more either. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay for me to take a deep breath and to do what I need to do to fill myself back up so that then I can be ready for the advocate or I can be ready for the next thing to continue the work in the world, that the pause is an integral part of the work. It's not a break from the work. It is part of the work. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that Jesus is inviting us to this kind of rhythm of action, reflection, discerning our way forward, and then action again. That's not just like mm-hmm. action, 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 action. You know, that we're going to need time. There, there, there will be there will be kind of ebbs and flows and seasons of our vocation, of our life, of our ministry, of how we do what we're called to do in the world, and that will be this constant back and forth, this interplay, and that's what the spirit that's what the spirit is. You know, it's this interplay of of God amongst us and within us and through us, and that makes me think that that kind of leads to our third point. Uh, which is really the very next verse. And in the NRSV, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Um, But for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Just a quick note on on the pronouns here. They're all masculine pronouns. Um, This word spirit is actually a neuter pronoun. It doesn't have a is like a non-gendered pronoun. So it really could be it will guide you. We've kind of been referring to the Holy Spirit as it. That's perfectly fine. Uh, it doesn't have, there is not, I don't know why it's he. <laughs> that could really be yeah. updated. You could say she, you could say it. Um, anyway, just just we don't have to be bound by that pronoun. So uh, for the sake of it, I'm just going to change it to it because I think it's more accurate. But when the spirit of truth comes, it will lead you, it will guide you into all the truth and, uh, and declare to you the things that are to come. And I'm, I'm like thinking about that in relation to what you were just saying about, you know, not being able to bear all the things. And it's almost like we can't, we also can't bear them all now because they haven't, they aren't decided yet. (laughs) You know, like Jesus doesn't know them either. And they only kind of unfold and that the spirit, that the truth is unfolding. You know, the mission of God is unfolding before us. It's like the Natasha, Bed- Natasha Bedingfield song. <laughs> the rest is still unwritten. 
you know, that, yes. that that is really true, that the spirit is guiding us forward as the stages unfold, as the future unfolds. It's really happening right now. And that as things as things come up, you know, this, the, the truth is revealed. Um, and and so that that we are called we're called into the future uh, to have to be in relationship with one another and with the spirit and with God so that we can have this kind of back and forth interplay uh, because we can't know what exactly what's going to happen. We can't imagine, we can, we can have, we can envision, we can cast a vision for things, but what, what we're really called, and this is why it's advantageous for the advocate to come because it's not just listening. It's not just having like, it's not just having a, it's not just having Jesus dictate to us what should happen next, but we're all kind of, we're all kind of called into the uncertainty and the unfolding mystery of the kingdom of heaven of seeing how are we called to move forward one step mm-hmm. at a time. And we're not knowing exactly what the next step will be, not knowing exactly uh, how it will manifest itself, but knowing that this, when we, when we are in, when we are following the prompting of the spirit, then the next step will, will emerge, you know, and that that takes a great amount of, that is really, the the faith that we need <laughs> we need faith that the yeah. next step will emerge uh mm-hmm. and that that requires a whole lot of us it requires a lot of of uh, of ability to live with that kind of uncertainty and unknowing yeah. um mm-hmm. but that is the truth you know that is the spirit of truth the truth is that it's not it's not decided yet uh yeah. it's up to us you know that we really have a role to play here it's not we're not just kind of playing out what's already been decided. Well, and it's interesting, David, because while you were talking and I was thinking about the unknown and the call for faith and for trust that is in all of that, I kept coming back to this first part of it of when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And that the is really interesting to me, right? Because it's not all truth, it's all the truth. And I just wonder about it. it. So, and I'm going to try to put this in a clear way because it, it's something that I, it's been bouncing around like the whole time you've been talking this all the truth. And I think that in it for me, that's, it's embracing the vastness of truth mm-hmm. and where we are going from here. It is the largeness of faith that by saying all the truth, I just can't even wrap my head around about of how much truth that is, right? Like, is it the truth of a flower or of a bee or a, or a relationship between people? Is it the truth of the love of God or the vastness of the ocean? The tr- all the truth to me is just this expansive concept. And I think that it requires that really deep faith and trust and knowing that we cannot possibly know it all. Mm. We cannot know it all, that that's what the invitation is, that it is unknown and some of it is unknowable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then our, our, the way that we know that we are connected to the truth is to be the, the way that we know the truth is to remain connected to the spirit and to one another Mm -hmm. and that we can't know the next step. We can't know the truth. We'll not be able to hear what the spirit is saying to us uh, 
disconnected from the world or from relationship, you know, from ourselves, from other people. That is all about remaining in connection, you know, in mm-hmm. relationship and communication. So those are our three points for today. Uh, a quick recap. Point number one was mine, and it was about Jesus talking about how it's an advantage for him to go so that the spirit may come and what that might mean for how we approach and think about our power, our authority, our leadership, uh, and our place in the mission of God. Number two was Charlotte, and it was about not being able to bear all things all at once, about this kind of rhythm of our lives of rest and reflection and moving forward uh, with that kind of rhythm, not always having to do everything all at once, but being able to, you know, take it a step at a time. Jesus is inviting us to have a pause. And then number three was uh, similar to that in the kind of this unfolding nature of truth, of reality, of the mission, that the Spirit is with us right here and right now and really inviting us to remain connected to one another in relationship with one another. And in that relationship, uh, the, the, the way forward emerges and reveals itself. Mm-hmm. So having heard that conversation on those three points, we invite you to reread this uh, passage. Uh, see if anything else jumps out to you. We'd love to hear from you, any of your thoughts, comments, stories, questions from your week of faith discussion. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. We will be back next week uh, to talk about Trinity Sunday and Nicodemus, all the way back to John chapter 3. And uh, until then, we say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.